Seems like peace on earth, goodwill towards men is over, and we're back to normal. Violence, hate, destruction, everything that we looked for at Christmas with hopefully a peaceful new year is now no longer. Welcome to this 2024. Perry, Iowa. School was back for a new semester, and the shooting began. Multiple shootings. The high school closed at the small Midwestern town along the North Raccoon River. New files released by a court on the Jeffrey Epstein sex scandals, naming the rich and powerful, including a Democratic president, a Republican president, and a royal. And so many people wanting a look-see, the court website crashed. Then there was that deadly bombing at a memorial service in Iran for the late head of the Revolutionary Guards. Was it Israel? Was it the U.S.? No. The Islamic State, ISIS, claiming responsibility. Bad never ends. But in Jesus Christ, good abounds. And good can come to you in 2024. Welcome to Haven Today here on Friday. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus as we wrap up today a program series called Christ in All the Scriptures. What do you look for when you open your Bible? You may be looking for guidance in how to live in such a volatile world. Or you're seeking to become a better spouse or a parent. And looking to God's Word seems like the natural place to go. Maybe you don't know all that much about who God is, and you're reading to find out what this book is all about. These are all good reasons to read God's Word. When you read it, your life, I believe, will be changed. The Lord himself says through the prophet Isaiah, My word that goes out from my mouth, it will not return to me void, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. The ultimate reason to read God's Word is that we may know and meet Jesus. The other benefits that Scripture provides will come in time as the Spirit works in your life. But first and foremost, we must see Jesus. We must trust in Jesus as He is revealed in all the Scriptures. And to help you do that better this year, we've just released a new resource this week called Christ in All the Scriptures, Reading and Praying Through the Bible in a Year. In this hardback book, you'll find notes on every book in the Bible that'll show you how it points to Jesus. It's a great tool to have by your side as you read through the Bible with me, and it includes a recommended reading schedule to finish all the Bible in this year. There are also prayers that you can use alongside your Bible reading that'll help set your eyes on Jesus all the more. I know this is going to be a blessing to you. It'll be a blessing to friends and family, so why don't you get a copy for yourself as well as for others? And then after the program, come to our website at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. That's where you can make your gift and get a copy of this brand new hardback book. Remember, you can start right away with the reading plan since we've put the first few weeks there on our website for you. Or call us after the program at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. Make your first gift of this new year to the ministry but pray for Christ to be in you and finding him in all the scriptures. And now let's open the program with Mercy Me. I'm finding myself at a loss. 
lost for words And the funny thing is It's okay The last thing I need Is to be heard But to hear What you would say Word of God speak Would you pour down like rain Washing my eyes to see Your majesty To be still and know That you're in this place Please let me stay In the midst of you Beyond the music Beyond the noise All that I need Is to be with you And in the quiet Hear your voice Word of God speak Would you pour down like rain classic song we haven't heard in a few years here on the program, Word of God Speak, Mercy Me, opening this haven today. I'm Charles Morris, and the program is called Christ in All the Scriptures. On yesterday's program, we looked at an important moment in Jacob's life when he was changed by the Lord and given the name Israel. It was a passage that pointed to the new life that you can find in Jesus, but that's not the only place where you find Jesus. We can find him on every page, after all. I want to show you how we can find Jesus in the life of Israel's son, Joseph. You may know the story very well. Joseph lived a hard life. He was misunderstood in his youth. He was sold off into slavery by his brothers. But the Lord was with him, even in his slavery. And while in Egypt, he experienced favor, which brings us to today's passage from Genesis 39. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. 
the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now Joseph was well-built and handsome. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, Come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her. My master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. One day, he went into the house to attend to his duties, and none of the household servants was inside. She caught him by his cloak and said, Come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. When she saw that he had left his cloak in her hand and had run out of the house, she called her household servants. Look, she said to them, this Hebrew has been brought to us to make sport of us. He came in here to sleep with me, but I screamed. When he heard me scream for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. She kept his cloak beside her until his master came home. Then she told him this story. That Hebrew slave you brought us came to me to make sport of me. But as soon as I screamed for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. When his master heard the story his wife told him, saying, This is how your slave treated me, he burned with anger. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care, because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. A special thanks to British actor and a Jewish convert to Christianity, David Suchet and Bible Gateway, for the reading of Genesis 39. In a moment, we're going to look at the life of Joseph and how it takes us to Jesus. But first, I want to share with you a brief excerpt from the late Tim Keller. He pastored in New York City for many years. He preached a message that is related to our program today. And in it, he shows us our need for Christ when we face temptation. Self-control is not, basically, the will suppressing the desires of the heart, but it's all the desires of the heart being reordered, all the loves of the heart being reordered by an overmastering, passionate, supreme love. 
And that's what Joseph was doing. Ultimately, if you look inside and try to suppress desires, you won't be able to keep it up. Real self-control does not come from suppressing desires of the heart by the will, but by reordering the loves of the heart through one overarching, overmastering, supreme love that puts all the other loves in their place. You need something that captures your imagination and captures your heart, a supreme love to put all the other loves in their place. Now, Joseph did that, but we actually have something that Joseph didn't have. We have something better. He said, how can we have something better? Oh, yeah, we have, we have, we have access to something better. Here's what it is. There's another Joseph I can talk to you about who was just as beautiful. See this Joseph? He was beautiful. But there's another Joseph who lived in heaven with his father. John 17 said he had the eternal glory of God. Philippians 2 said he was equal with God. Like this Joseph, he was beautiful. He had the palace. He had the power. He had the glory. But like this Joseph, he lost it. He lost it. And we're told in Isaiah 53... This is about Jesus. He had no beauty or majesty that we should desire him. He was, despised with the, he was despised and rejected. He had no beauty. He lost his beauty. He had no majesty. He lost his majesty. Now, we know why Joseph did it. We know that Joseph, out of principle, lost everything and was thrown out and was thrown into prison and was numbered with the transgressors. Joseph, though he wasn't a criminal, was thrown in with the criminals. Though he wasn't guilty, he was thrown in with the guilty. Though he wasn't a transgressor, he was thrown in with the transgressors. He was numbered with the transgressors. So was Jesus. Why? Isaiah 53. He had no beauty or majesty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected. Though he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth, he was numbered with the transgressors, for he poured out his life and bore the sin of many. Why did Jesus go to the cross? More importantly... He had many temptations to turn aside from the cross, right? Many temptations to turn aside from the cross. Why did he get to the cross? Why was he able to turn aside from all temptations? Why did he endure to the end? For us. We were the overmastering desire of his heart to put all other desires in their place. He loved us for his father's sake. He loved us. And when you see him doing that for you, to the degree you see that we were the reason we were the overmastering passion, supreme passion of his life. We're the reason why he endured temptation. When you see that we are his passion, he'll become your passion. When you begin to see that you are his beauty, he'll become yours. That was the late pastor of Redeemer Church in New York City, Tim Keller. I'm Charles Morris, and the program is called Christ in All the Scriptures. Though far from ideal. It seemed as though Joseph was going to live a life of relative tranquility as a slave in Egypt. He had ascended through the ranks. He was deemed to be a trustworthy servant. Potiphar, who was something like the chief of staff under Pharaoh, left his dealings in the hands of Joseph. That's how trusted he was. Unfortunately, Potiphar's wife had other plans. She noticed Joseph's frame. She found him desirable. Some of our translations make it seem like she made a request of Joseph, but in reality she commanded Joseph to help her desecrate and be unfaithful to her marital vows. Just based on the way she deals with Joseph, you can tell this is not new to her. It was her M.O., wielding her power to pursue all kinds of pleasures and desires. 
It could have been easy for Joseph to succumb. She was tempting him daily with these sinful propositions. Maybe she told him lies like no one else would know. This is just between you and me. Perhaps she'd try to butter him up with compliments on his good looks. The tactics of the evil one have not changed in the years since Joseph. We're all tempted in similar ways. We're tempted with things that are desirable, whether it be power, riches, pleasures. We're tempted with promises that no one would find out. And sadly, we are prone to give in to these temptations. What to do about it? Is there any hope for us in moments of great temptation? Well, let's keep moving through this story. Because Joseph stood firm. He resisted the tactics of Potiphar's wife. He told her, My master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you were his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? He honored the Lord in thought, word, and deed. But tragically, he was repaid with more injustice. When Potiphar's wife realized nothing would change Joseph's mind, she decided on retaliation. She accused him of assaulting her, which he didn't, but it brought great anger to Potiphar. Though Joseph had done nothing wrong, he would face the punishment of a criminal. It only added insult to injury. He was wrongfully treated by his own family, and the moment things started to turn for Joseph, he was wrongfully treated by his master's house. Why does this happen? How could we possibly find Jesus in a passage as miserable as this? Well, in the life of Joseph, we're given a glimpse, a shadow of the life of Jesus. You see, Jesus, like Joseph, was betrayed by his brothers. And Jesus, like Joseph, was accused of wrongdoing and treated like a common criminal, though he was innocent. When Jesus was met with all kinds of temptations from the devil and from the Pharisees, he considered the will of his heavenly Father above all else. In a way, he responded like Joseph, How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Jesus and Joseph are very similar indeed. But it's worth sharing how Jesus was better than Joseph in every way. He wasn't simply innocent of any accusations and temptations. He was completely sinless, and that wasn't the case for Joseph. Jesus resisted each and every attack from the evil one. Why did he do that? He did it for you and for me. And when he received those slanderous charges of blasphemy, he did so quietly. But why did he do it that way? For you and for me so that he might save those who were blasphemous. He received the punishment of sinners, so that he might save sinners. Joseph suffered unjustly, so that God would use his time in prison to save the world. Do you remember what happened next in Joseph's life? You can read about it when you read the Bible with me through in a year, in those early days when we're reading Genesis together. Joseph ends up interpreting a dream for Pharaoh revealing a coming famine. Joseph is credited with saving the world of that day. Like Joseph, Jesus suffered in order that he might be the hero of the world. But Jesus is the greater hero. The Lord gave Joseph wisdom to preserve the nations through a famine. Jesus saves the nations from eternal death by going through death itself. 
Jesus is the greater Joseph. The story of Joseph is good news. Yes, even his temptation, because that points us to the one who overcame all temptation for us. Though we give in to temptations, even every day, Jesus overcame temptation for us. And now Jesus has sent us a helper, his Holy Spirit, to give us strength, that we might say no to temptation when it comes. And this is good news indeed. It's news that can change your life and fill you with hope that one day all the sin and death will be defeated in your life once and for all. Before the throne of God above I have a strong and perfect plea A great high priest whose name is love Whoever lives and pleads for me Tells me of the guilt within Upward I look and see him there Who made an end to all my sin Because the sinless Savior died My sinful soul is counted free For God the just is satisfied To look on him and pardon Spotless righteousness, the great unchangeable I am, the King of glory and of grace. One with Himself, I cannot die. My soul is purchased by His blood. My life is in with Christ on high, with Christ my Savior. my Savior and my God. One with Himself I cannot die. My soul is purchased by His blood. My life is hid with Christ on high. With Christ my Savior and my God. With Christ my Savior and my It's from an album called Hiding Place by Salem, Before the Throne of God, here in this haven today, Christ in all the scriptures. As this new year starts, I'm sure there are many people who have already given up on their resolutions. It's just human nature. 
Sometimes it's hard to start new habits, break old habits, and that's why here at Haven Ministries, we've put together a tool to help you achieve probably the greatest resolution a Christian could ever have, to draw closer to your Savior. It's called Christ in All the Scriptures, Reading and Praying Through the Bible in a Year. It's a brand new book, hardback, that was designed to walk you through all the Bible and bring you closer to Jesus this year. Every chapter contains an overbook for every book of the Bible, as well as prayers centered on every reading. And I so appreciate how it'll help you see Christ on every page of your Bible. I think it'll help you draw closer to Christ as you engage with Him through His Word this year in 2024. So, for your first of the year gift to Haven today, I want to send you Christ in all the Scriptures. Get one for yourself. Get another copy for someone else. Study it together. You can read the early days of the readings and make your gift at haventoday.org, haventoday.org, or call us right now at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. And just before we go, big things are happening at Haven Ministries, and I want you to be among the first to find out about it. In fact, this may be our biggest announcement in the past 25 years. To hear what we have in store, make sure you tune into our Monday program on January 8th. You're not going to want to miss this. So set an alarm or mark your calendar, tie a little string around your finger, whatever you need to do to remember to listen in. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back next time when again together we'll share the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. For your walk with Jesus, I'm David Wolin with Haven Today, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. The further we get from January 1st, the less exciting 2024 seems. We're back at work, back in our usual routines. Resolutions are starting to slip through the cracks, and it's tempting to return to the status quo. But in the midst of all this, there is excitement for the follower of Jesus. The Apostle Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. Did you hear that? The new is here. Let that encourage you. What you do today matters. Why? Because the new creation has come, and Jesus has promised to make all things new. You'll see Jesus more clearly through daily time in God's Word. Visit GetAnchor.com.